Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 74 of the Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Andrew McGahan joined as always by Shane Long's number one fan, Sean Sheehan. Sean, first of all, did you hear the rumours? No. He's on fire. Oh yeah, I heard that alright. And that's de- not a rumor; that's a fact. That is well. Look, defenses are terrified. Yet, unfortunately, Shane didn't get to score a goal. Imagine no. the imagine the pandemonium that we would have got if Shane Long had a scored. And I'm definitely not Shane Long's biggest fan either. Are you not? No, no. He's who's, good. Like who's but. better for the Ireland team? Yeah, uh, Jeff Hendrick, Robbie Brady, Seamus Coleman. Well, maybe not. I tell you. Seamus Coleman, definitely, but maybe maybe not the other two. At times there, they weren't this competition anyway. You put up a tweet a couple of, uh, about a week and a bit ago um, about how Seamus Coleman needs to be converted into a right winger for Ireland ahead of the next major tournament. Yeah. I think he showed that in the last two games, especially how he was such a big attack and threat going forward. He took the captaincy. Like You don't want to say it in a bad way, but... I even think he could be converted into a central midfielder. Like if it was any other country in the world, he would be. Like, look at David Alaba. I know he's a better player than Shane. Well, Philip Lamb, a good player. Yeah, they all do it. All like, Seamus Coleman is our best player. Like, he's our best footballer. He could definitely play in midfield for Ireland and be better than fucking Glenn Whelan or most of them. Like, well, I the thing I was happiest about over the Euros was when Glenn Whelan got dropped. You saw the just the the team how they changed going forward. Do you know what I mean? It was a massive thing for them. Seamus Coleman took the reins as a captain, maybe being right back. Yeah. Same way people always raise eyebrows when a goalkeeper is the captain. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be able to be in the referee's face as easy, like saying, like, no, this wasn't this, this wasn't that. I think Seamus Coleman had an absolutely cracking final two games, and I could, uh, I agree. Move him to centre mid. Yeah, do it. Fair play. Yeah. One thing I did notice lacking in the Irish team that they could improve on the next time the boys, they were tired. They, they were, were, yeah. They could have done with something, you know, to pep him up there a bit. Recovery. A little, 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 little bit, a bit of recovery, yeah. Because it's essential, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. you saw it in the French game yesterday when France came out for the second half and really upped the tempo. Do you know what I mean? They had yeah. a bit between their teeth for the first 15 minutes till they got that goal. They ECAAs, were just coming, I heard. That's what they were on. Definitely. I would say so. That's what they had at halftime. In between croissants, shot at BCAAs. We know just the place they should have went to. Where's that? Orrestnutrition.com. Oh yeah, good place. Very good place. com. they are the proud sponsors of the Severe MMA podcast. They're an absolutely excellent sump- supplement company based in Irish, uh, based in Ireland, formulated, founded, all of that stuff. By All the products are formulated by an Irishman. Uh, the company is founded by two Irish lads from Dublin. Um, head on over to their website. They have absolutely everything you need for fitness, for nutrition, for supplements, for recovery. They've got all the different types of proteins, whey-based, plant-based, excellent, excellent pre-workout supplements. They've got brilliant recovery stuff. We've reviewed them here on the podcast themselves. Good vitamin D capsules that have definitely helped me over the last couple of weeks. The BCAs, hottest product at the minute. I've had people ask me for the discount code on Snapchat, Sean, because they're looking to order some BCAs. Sweet. And what is it, Andrew? Well, basically, it's like um, it turns water into my wadi. No, okay. What's the promo code? Not the, oh, the promo code. Okay. Well, the promo code is Severe MMA, all in capital letters. At your checkout, you will get a you get full twenty-five percent off your first order, Sean. Imagine that you've put everything in your cart, and you're like, Jesus, 
this is great value. And now I'm going to get even more off by putting the discount code SEVERE MMA in the checkout box. It is absolutely brilliant. They also help you a lot. If you have, say, X amount spent already, they'll say, hey, thanks for spending this much. Here's a free gift. Choose from these couple of items. Or, hey, you're just two euros short of the free gift. If you get this, you're now eligible to get the free stuff as well. Absolutely brilliant. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Twitter. Check them out on Instagram. ROS Nutrition. Over to their website, rosnutrition.com, and you can get 25% off your first order. With the promo code Severe MMA. With the promo code Severe MMA. All in capital letters. All of that good stuff. I wonder, do Ross um, uh, send stuff to outside of Europe? Because I know there's people over in Scotland and England that are looking for stuff. Oh, Sean. <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean. You had to start with that. Oh, I did. I did. So, your yes. thoughts on it? Look, my thoughts on that are that from a certain point of view, right, this vote to leave is, is admirable in a certain way. They want to have their country back. They want sovereignty and, and all of that. But economically, economically, it's just absolutely ridiculous and so stupid. And even from that sovereignty point of view, there's still a sovereign nation. It's not like Ireland. It's not like we've been, you know, we were kind of taken over by the Germans and they're ruling us. Like England are still ruling their country. They still have the pound. You know, you still have to, not for us, I don't think, but for like Germans and Europeans and stuff, they have to like flash their passport and stuff when they're getting into the country. Like they still, you know, they're not. I always thought, say, like, Ireland, Ireland less so, but England definitely are still, like, not, f- never, never fully part of Europe. They're just kind of getting the economic benefits of being trade partners and having closer links and stuff. So, it's, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, like it would make more sense for Ireland to do that because, like, our cultural thing, you know, if we wanted to unify Ireland or whatever, you know, it would make more sense because, like, uh, the Ireland is not together, but the UK is still together. Like it's it's just so weird. Like what what's going to change? It's just they're not going to be part of Europe. The the kingdom is still together. Like and in fact, them leaving could break up the kingdom because now Scotland are looking to to get out. And there's you know Sinn Fein are talking up about a, a you know a vote for a unified Ireland and stuff like that. So this is just like this has just been disastrous for them, and especially for like you and like people up oh, you know, on, on the border. No, on oh, the border. Okay. Like it's it's fucking terrible. There's borders going to be going up. You're going to have like you go to, you train in the north, yeah. Yeah. Like you'll have to flash your passport to go to north. Like if you want to go for a fucking a bag of chips, yeah, you'd have to fucking get your passport out. Like it's ridiculous. So a, a couple of thoughts on that. I do. I think first of all, I don't think they're going to leave the EU. To be honest, Sean, I yeah. think it's going to take two years. It's just going to be Ireland, lads. We'll do another referendum here. Also, okay. I read a great piece that uh, David Cameron effectively resigning has just. Is put him I would have resigned like, as well. No, he I, was dead right. But now Boris Johnson is the only alternative sort of thing. And if he goes for that, he has to do something called like amendment, amendment, call amendment forty or something like that. 50, I think. Fifty. It's just going to completely screw them up from that point of view, and they won't get what they actually were looking for. Do you know what I mean? They have kind of like. They're already wrong back saying what they said during the campaign. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, we'll it. donate this much, and now no, yeah. no, that's that can't happen. That won't happen. I just feel that, um, and also on the topic of a united Ireland, that is pretty unlikely as well. People have mm, uh, more likely now than it's been ever before. Well, maybe there's some people who had uh, changed, who have changed their mind on it. But the majority of people up north, um, from what I know and from what I believe, the the dole is very low up there. But they have their housing benefits, they have free healthcare, all of these sort of things. The biggest stat that came out from uh, from the result, though was that the areas that voted in the highest percentile to leave the EU 
were the ones that got the most economic benefit from being a part of the EU. There's massive campaigns that are going around now, uh, like online petitions. 1.5 million, I think, have signed it already. I thought I saw that on Twitter, to hold another referendum because people didn't know what they were actually voting on. So, I like, the Remain side didn't have that data beforehand to be able to tell them, look, this actually helps you a lot more than before. And the Leave side were based around scaremongering. Yeah. So... Like, it's ridiculous. Look, I'm not in favour of having second referendums. They voted for it now, they should just do it. But in this case, it's a bit... And it's, also... It's weird. Go on. There was a very low uh, voter turnout, I think, of younger uh, younger people. Yeah. But they're... The ones that did vote voted like the highest percentile of all age groups in terms of remain. But it was the older generation that voted to leave. The older generation that were had good times in the past, maybe see this as a bad thing, and now they've realised that their life expectancy under this new thing that they voted for could be as little as fifteen years. When the twenty-three year old, the twenty-four year old, the twenty-six year old that grew up in a bad generation, now they're screwed for the for the rest of their life. You know, if it does go through, so like, and for MMA as well, like this could have this could have a big effect. Like, if you're going over to fight in England, like you might have to get your passport sorted, or you might have to get a different visa, or things like that. Or, you know, is this gonna are the UFC gonna be as uh, you know as quick to come back to England if they have to get you know certain visas and things for England? You know, they have a, they have a European base and and things like that. Like, it's you know, it could affect it could affect lots of different things. There's you know, there's talks as well of loads of different companies leaving. Um, leaving the uh, the UK maybe even coming to Ireland like it's you know this is not a good thing MMA wise and just business wise in general it's you know it's disastrous but like how how they get out of it it's, it's pretty easy it's, the, the EU need to give, change their deal right their whole deal you know that 350 million they're talking about they're, that they're going to put into the NHS and all this the EU need to change their deal right and have like a partnership signed that oh this we're changing this deal now for the amount of time you're you're going to be still in the EU before that uh, amendment 50 is enacted right so that's fine they do that for a while and then they say oh or you know the yardstick has changed. We're in a different deal now to when the uh, when the first referendum was. So okay, this is grounds for another referendum. That's how they get a second referendum. Not just like Ireland, where they did something similar. To be honest, like, but uh, they changed basically nothing. They just wanted to get a different answer. But that's how they do. It. I think that's how they do it in England. Like I know they don't have to enact it, but it'd be fucking political suicide if they didn't. Like the people voted that way, and they kind of have to do it. But I, you know, I so I don't. As you say, I don't think people understood it. Like I didn't really understand. I don't think anyone understood. Like I, I just thought it wouldn't happen. Like until afterwards and in reading up on it and I think it's just shock like that there's you know people are saying that's all you know xenophobic racist people and stuff doing this like okay there's definitely a, a big share of them but it's definitely not the majority like it's most people are doing this because as you said they were scaremongered and you know they're just normal people and they, that guy Nigel Farage is telling them this and oh, no, like, why would I not believe it and the other side didn't do a good enough job of campaigning against it and saying that this is bullshit basically it's just 2016, Sean. We have it over here. Yep. Americans have it with Donald Trump. I saw a good, uh, a good, uh, a good stat the other day that if Hillary wins, yeah, it'll be the first time two presidents have had sex in the White House. <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> well, for, well, that we can assume two presidents have had sex uh, in the White House. Fucking Bill Clinton got around like you wouldn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but not with another president. Mrs. Pratt, oh, well, that as well. I'd say he'd hop up on a crack plate, that fellow would. Either way, Bill Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton came to Dundalk, actually, years mm-hmm. ago, because Joe Biden was in uh, Carlingford at the weekend in Dundalk, yeah? So, I like, if this was me three weeks ago, Sean, when I was going out to work on Saturday, we were doing, um, we were doing hen parties. If 
I had it been me three weeks ago with no NCT on the car, do you know, and I was driving past the armed security checkpoints, the CIA trucks that had all cleared the way for Mr. Biden to arrive into Carlingford, I would have been a nervous wreck. Because there was guards every five minutes. It was just, it was horrible. And we know I had, I've had run-ins in the past, traffic related. And when Joe Biden was leaving, did he sing farewell to Carlingford? I don't know. Um, I know a lot of people had American flags erected outside their houses. Some of them are still there today. Did you get my reference there now? No. Did you have heard a song? And he sing farewell to Carlingford. No. Oh, okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, since we're talking about Brexit, since we're talking about Donald Trump, since we're talking about monumental changes in a massive structure, let's scale monumental changes back down to minor changes on a slightly smaller scale because yesterday showed us the first look at the new Irish amateur MMA rule sets to be implicated from here on out at WCFC 4 or 5 Four, I think it was five. I just put up four here. I have no idea. Well, I said five in some of the interviews yesterday, so let's hope that it wasn't. Um, or let's hope that it was. Um, uh, hold on, just before you start, how the fuck is West Coast FC on, uh, in Dublin? So they've had other shows on in Galway in the past. The majority of their shows uh, have been on the... Right. Yeah. This isn't right. It's East Coast. It's, well, I think it was West Coast Fighting Championships 5, The Road to Dublin. I think, if I'm getting the title right, I think that was what they were promoting on Facebook at one time. But that could have been for their other event lads. that was called... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not having it, lads. I'm not having it. Look, that. as a man from the, from the sticks, as we said, of Ireland, you just want proper representation to be shown to these rural areas. Get the have praise bring, they deserve. Didn't I should bring an event to Limerick there so I can go? Have one in Limerick. Go you on. could commentate on it. Yeah, I will. It would be a no big thing. I'll do it for free. Exactly. Yeah. One less product, one high. That's that's a grand you're saving already, lads. Exactly. Do you know? Because that's his rate. So, first things first. Yes. It was brilliant to see. I was very happy leaving the venue. I was very happy. One thing in particular happened that um, stood out to me beyond the rest. Doctor Jules, I think his name is from the medical team, saw a guy in the ring who didn't do a medical. Got onto them straight away. Fight didn't even get to start. Fight was pulled, called a no contest due to that fighter not completing a medical. Then there seemed to be more on the ball, um, said over the microphone, looking for certain fighters that must have been competing later on in the evening that either didn't get signed off or didn't get absolutely everything, um, everything done. So fair play, to, fair play for that, first and foremost. Right. However, Sean, yes. you're looking at this. I'm going to use you here. What is the casual fan thinking all of this talk about the rule changes, all of these changes, what is the first thing that you want to know? What's the first thing that people need to be made aware of? Because uh, I feel like I'm talking to, like, I feel like when I'm trying to explain this, I'm talking to someone maybe who's already been at the local scene. Do you know what I mean? Because I know we have a lot of listeners um, around the world that are maybe wondering why are these guys talking about this, but there's been big changes for the sport in the country in the last couple of, in the last couple of months. So tell us now, two fighters stand, step into... The octagon, right? Or the, the ring. Cage. Oh, was that? It was a ring, yes. In cage, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was the one with the little caging in the bottom of it, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Deadly. I like that, yo. But, uh, okay, two fighters step into that fight on Saturday, Sunday or Saturday. What was it, Sunday night? Saturday night? Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday What's afternoon. What's the difference? What's every difference? Not, just, not the medicals and stuff. We'll get to that in a second. But the actual difference between their like, attire, the rule set, and one that happened a year ago. It's a- so, first of all, you have... The fighters are wearing rash guards. Yeah. That's the most notable thing because we don't see fighters wearing rash guards in mixed martial arts. For me, this is a clear differentiation between amateur and pro. The same way in the Olympics, boxers will wear uh, vests. Yeah. 
that's number one. Number two is the fighters have shin pads on. So if you're at an event earlier on this year and you saw an amateur fight, the guys didn't have shin pads on. Um, every fighter wore shin pads that were supplied by the promoter. They were the slim slip-on ones. They were Manto, or Manto, however it's pronounced, um, slip-on ones. One guy had red, one guy had blue, and they were pretty much identical to the IMMAF ones that the guys would have worn at the amateur championships um, last year and uh, last year during the summer and then November at the European Championships. In terms of the strikes, I do believe there are no knees. Oh no, there are no elbows. No elbows standing. No elbows standing. Are there no knees either, are there? I'm not sure. I don't know. So there was a couple of clinches yesterday and it looked like the knees were going to the chest. So All I'm right, going so to fully... I'm going to fully... Look up on that. Maybe the guy was going for the chest. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So from that, I thought it was absolutely... Okay, so the standard maybe... That's a point that I want to get into a little bit later on about how where the sport can go from moving forward. But definitely the biggest change, if you came into a show yesterday, guys are wearing rash guards and guys are wearing shin pads. So they're, bas- like they're basically under the IMMAF rules now. Yeah, like the world effectively. So, and so they have, the, they have weigh-ins on the day as well, don't they? Same day weigh-ins. Yeah. Guys weighed in yesterday. Um, from getting to talk to some people afterwards, I was asking how did the weigh-in go. Much happier. John Byrne, for example, from SVG, normally fought at lightweight. He weighed in yesterday at 74 kg for a 77 kg fight. What? Oh. So he fought at welterweight, did he? He fought at welterweight and he won at welterweight. Right. And That's good. I think, like... I think that's definitely how all amateurs should be. You fight at the weight above, like, and then start cutting weight and stuff. Here, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it needs two different sorts of amateur fights. I don't know, but yeah, you shouldn't be cutting weight so often for amateur fights. Like as I say, like when you're when you're fighting an amateur, you know, it's a learning experience and stuff. It doesn't the wins and losses don't matter. Maybe even like it's it's okay so when you get to the local stage, like to even fight maybe a couple of times at a higher weight and then start doing weight cuts or whatever before you get to a, a bigger stage I think but I, I think that's good I, I'm not I'm not too sure about the same day wins to be honest I'm you know I wouldn't be I wouldn't be their biggest fan I don't think but because you know you still it, have guys and I know yeah, you, you still did have, have it, yeah. yeah you did have guys yesterday that said off the record yeah it was fine but I just didn't eat from last night do you know what I mean I woke yeah. up on weight do you know what I mean? So that's fair enough. You're not depleting yourself in terms of water weight. Do you know what I mean? But you would like to see guys just be able to have breakfast that morning and act like they were going down to the gym for a sparring session. Like they do it to stop people from doing that really. They do it so people go in that they're walking around with. But we know people like some people, hopefully most people are doing that. But you know that some people won't be and that's going to be dangerous. Like if you know, if you see someone cutting like 10 pounds or something the day of and like, you're not going to be able to get that all that back into you like in a safe enough manner to, uh, you know, to be 100 percent in that cage. Like that's what I'd worry about a little bit. But uh, hopefully they're hopefully, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of the coaches are good, I think. And all the ones that sign up for the for the new rules and things are, are all good. So hopefully, you know, they keep an eye on their fighters. And, you know, if they have that much weight to, to cut, pull them out, like don't let them fight like that. So I, like I, I'd hope that's exactly that's what's actually happening. Like. So, Sean, just to clarify, I have the IMMAF rule set up in front of me and right. approved techniques are strikes against the head, body, legs in a stand up position. Um, when the opponent is in an active ground position, strikes against the head, body, and legs, kicks against the head, body, and legs, and stand up, and knees against body and legs and stand up, 
And then in unauthorized techniques, uh, 16.2 is knees against the head, as well as elbow and forearm attacks, heel hooks, strikes against the spine or the back of the head, throws where the opponent is intending to land solely on his or her head, other stuff, uh, small joint manipulation, yeah. the standard rules. So, so no yeah. knees to the head. So we, there's a little, I think we got a couple of questions about it. There's the talk then about people fighting abroad under different rule sets and, you know, there's talk about like why they're fighting in Ireland on one set and one rule set not on the other rule set. Like for me, I think the rules came in here like basically because to get recognised in Ireland as a real sport, you need the world governing body to recognise your governing body, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we Ireland has to fight, as we said, under IMMA F rules. The ones said Dave Fogarty and the boys who we'll be talking about later on, uh, Kiefer Crosby and Keen Cowley will be fighting at uh, outside in Vegas and, and everyone else on International Fight Week. Um, but it's still okay, like the Cinder fighters out. There's, like there's still a rule set there. That it's just a different rule set. Okay, maybe it's not as safe and stuff. But like it's a bit weird, you know. There for years and years, I think there's been a thing of it's hard to get fights in Ireland and stuff. And you know, there's obviously at the moment as well. There's there hasn't been as many fights, but like I don't, I don't know. I don't see the problem with people going out to get it to get fights, uh, you know, across the pond or wherever, just because the rules are different here. What, what's your take on it? Um, okay, I'm actually typing a load of stuff down here because you've made some very good points. I know we're pressed for time, but there's a couple of really key issues that need yeah. to be mentioned here. So, the sport in Ireland, to be recognised by the Irish government, you need to be seen as self-regulating. You need to be approved to be self-regulating for three years. Yeah. I believe that that's the duration. Yeah. So in the start of that already. Which they've started already. With the uh, establishment of the IMMAA. So, from that, as you said, to be seen by, or to be recognised by the international governing body, you have to come under the IMMAF. I do believe that you don't have to adopt the IMMAF rule set. For example, otherwise, Team Northern Ireland wouldn't be able to send a team since they will be continued, continuing with the UAMMA in the north. That being said, Danny Corr and those guys had started talks with the government's up north, dating back two years ago. That's how they got the funding for this centre of excellence that's going to be built in Belfast. That's how that's been in place for quite a while. Also, you have to look at this, that Ireland had absolutely no choice, the Republic, in my opinion, to get regulated after what happened earlier on this year. So even though there were already steps in place to get it regulated, this put a massive uh, acceleration on things, you could say. So the easiest way to do it is to go under, in my opinion, the IMMAF guidelines. You can't turn around and say, but we want to keep doing this and this when there is already a full-based alternative to go in at an amateur level. That's, that's my ha- take on it. They kind of had to do it, like, really. I think they had to do it that way because they have to get under an international, an internationally recognised body. Like, if you're... Say if you're a boxing amateur boxing board now in Ireland, right? Say if boxing, just for example, boxing had never been regulated in Ireland or whatever, and if all of a sudden there's loads of amateur boxers in Ireland, right? They'd have to get with the world boxing governing body, whatever it is, for amateurs. Like they couldn't go with the British Boxing Board of Control or whatever and get under them and in you have to have an internationally, you know, an internationally recognised one. So that's why they have to do it. Like for the, uh, in, it's a bit murky in MMA because. Okay, the IMMAF is that, but it's you know it's, it's still very new and certain things, and you know it, 
Lorenzo Fertitta is kind of talking about it being the one and all. So it's getting there. But obviously, you could see where people are like, you know, oh, this is all kind of new. But that's what it is at the moment. And that's what, you know, that's what they need to do in um, in Ireland, especially. Like, because, you know, we talked about this after the, the death of Jarka Valley and stuff. And even it was weird because before it, the week before it, I remember I put up an article about something, you know, they had, oh, it was, um, it was about Michael Ring. Do you remember that stuff that, that yeah. happened just before it? And I was like, oh, this is a good step towards getting the sport. I can't exactly remember. Oh, yeah, uh, it was USADA. USADA testing in Ireland. Through Sport, Ar- uh, sport yeah, Ireland. Sport Ireland had done it. And I was like, okay, that's a good step to do. That's, you know, that's worth putting up an article about. So you have to kind of go through these rings to, you know, get with uh, Sport Ireland and get government, you know, get recognised by the government. It's not that you can't have it all the way you want. Like, I'm sure... I'm sure the people running the IMMA AA or whatever it's called, I, that name is just terrible. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you know, they probably would like to tweak those a bit, but they can't do it. Those are the, the governing bodies. Like, I'm sure the people, you know, running the Premier League and stuff would like to tweak FIFA's rules. They'd like to bring in more technology and stuff, but you kind of have to do it. Those are the rule sets you're under. Those are the rule sets that you go by. But that doesn't mean other rule sets are useless. That doesn't mean your fighters shouldn't be fighting under other rule sets as well. Like. Exactly, um, and so, we, you know, as long, as long as it's not insanity, like as long as it's not, you know, fucking knees to the head of a ground opponent from it or something like within reason, within reason, I think it's it's grand. So we didn't actually get to just touch. I know we did start talking about it. We got dragged away in terms yeah. of sending fighters away. I have a a couple of of big thoughts for this, and it's from talking to Andy Ryan yesterday that my eyes have been opened massively on it. Um, so there's been epidemic of pullouts guys not fighting on these cards in ireland yeah when andy ryan had an in-house mma thing where it was like immaf rules sparring like matches matched up on the day same day wins you're walking around you're not cutting weight he had 109 people show up at his gym for that and is doing another one later on in the summer 109 people amateurs wanting to compete under mixed martial arts like that's the thing why should someone um have to always be thinking like about going pro. Why does fighting an amateur fight have to be such a big thing? Why yeah. does it have to be cutting six, uh, six kilos, 12-week training camp to go out and fight, sell tickets, perform in front of people? Do you know what I mean? It's not, jiu-jitsu isn't done like that. Other martial arts aren't done like that. This can be diluted back down to a proper amateur rule set. In terms of sending fighters away to the UK and different things like that, I think that's an absolutely irrelevant point. Do you know what I mean? I really do think that that's people trying to pick it, like maybe with an agenda or pick at things because... Who cares? Like, we didn't care when it was in reverse. We didn't care that when Franz Malambo was able to kick people with a bare shin and fight in an old rule set, that when he went over to Vegas, we didn't say, well, no, he has to put shin pads on now. We're not doing that. We didn't care when he became a world champion. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't an issue then. So when it's reversed now, I don't think that there should be any issue. That's like complaining if a guy wants to... You're going to see better standard of fighters turning pro because if you're not anywhere near meddling at those IMMAF tournaments then you shouldn't even consider turning pro do you know what I mean because this now gives people the opportunity to be able to continue fighting the amateur no pressure about being turning pro no pressure of oh you're a good ticket seller at amateur you've gone 8-0 eight and, eight and or 9-0 and oh, like do you know what I mean let's get you pro let's move you on because we need to fill out these cards do you know what I mean you're going to see cards die in Ireland you're going to see promotions outside of Battlezone outside of Bama outside of Clan Wars outside of Akuma maybe start to fall away. Do you know what I mean? Because they've already had pro, uh, pro f- fights on their shows before. Um, Evolution as well is a very good one down in Tullamore. So these fighters are going to have to go and start taking pro K1 fights. Do you know what I mean? And get 
higher level in striking before making their pro debut so they're being exposed to different rules. Do you know, I think that's only a, only a good thing. And, like, maybe I'm looking at it differently. Do you know, maybe I'm looking at it completely wrong. But the UFC have been positive of the IMMAFs. They've funded it. They think it's a good thing. They're looking to put back and behind it. Um, they streamed the stuff on Fight Pass. I think Dan Hardy came out the other day and said if he had the option to have 100 or a lot more amateur fights, he would have liked that. He said the UFC want people with big, good amateur backgrounds that they're able to look back on. In my opinion, that's only a benefit for the level of the pros coming up in the future. But the progressive way of that is if there's a rule set in place here, let's go for it. It's not that the coaches thought that the old rule set was barbaric or unsafe or anything like that and now the and then oh but we'll just send our fighters away to the other to another country to fight under that rule set i think it's just these are the this is the rule set that had to come in place for the sport to be regulated absolutely 100% in order to get the sport regulated these rule sets had to come in that's the underlying point here yeah i think that's I and think that's getting it regulated that. was absolutely a necessity yeah, like, so it it wasn't just a decision that was made quickly after the the Joker value that this is something that had been brewing a long time. Like I said, it, like even that article went up before he had died. Like about you know they're looking for regulation, and that's always how it had to be done. You know, and you know, okay, Joker value dead and stuff was terrible, but it actually accelerated that. So Sport Ireland were kind of forced to do it. They couldn't kind of just wash their hands of it. So like you know, I think the fact that they're now recognizing it. As uh, something that could be recognised in the future, if you know what I mean, you know, it has to go through that three years or whatever it is, is, you know, that's a great thing. And I don't think, like, there's anything to complain about in that, really. Exactly. And just as a final thing, that being said, all said and done, fair enough, there are two sides, I think, to everything. If there are questions being raised towards the IMMA from coaches, from fighters, from any sort of avenue then they should be able to turn around, I think, and respond. Like, I do think it is fair that if they turn around and say, well, okay, here's the thought process behind this. This is why we had to do that. I think the IMMAA would be able to come out and put all of this to bed. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to say with a statement, with an interview, with a cu- answers to a couple of the most asked questions, I suppose, just to put it to bed so it's not a lingering thing so that it's trying to be made to seem like it's a bigger deal than it is. We have to remember too, it's very new and, you know... Exactly, and they're probably under a microscope, Sean. Yeah. Because they're looking to become self-regulated, because this and that, the, everything that comes out from them just needs to be absolutely... Air, like, don't, like, what's the... Uh, what is it that Graham always says to me when I'm about to say something stupid? He's like... <laughs> She's not gonna be anything now. Is this is this gonna uh, so, not Graham? Sorry, someone else says it to me. Is this gonna improve our conversation, or are you just gonna speak for the sake of speaking? Do you know what I mean? Like it has to be absolutely a hundred percent on the money when they come out and say something. Yeah, like you know, it's fine. Look, to pick apart things like this and stuff, but as I say, like it's so new that you have to, you know I think there has been a lot more good done than bad anyway I think in, in this situation uh, you know I think there's, there's a lot of good people obviously there as you said uh, Andy Ryan John Kavanagh a lot of good people there who you know are deep in Irish MMA for years are doing good work there and I think uh, you know long may it continue there's, obviously there's a lot of improvements to be made and there obviously they'll be made as I said it's very new so hopefully by the time three years comes around you know everything will be 
fine and dandy and, and yeah. it'll be and know, it's just going to get better because as you're saying there course, th- yeah. think of the like guys like Owen Roddy do you know what I mean the, the pros that are now towards the end of their careers they're going to be able to come on board because they're the ones that went through everything like Chris Fields is a product of someone who fought in the MMA league in Ireland all the way up to winning um, like at the highest level do you know what I mean yeah. like just falling short of the UFC unfortunately but a world title in cage warriors do you know what I mean so like these are the guys Cahill as well who's just retired who came through that same system Paddy Houlihan's fought in the MMA league those guys are able to now like just because they skipped these steps at the start doesn't mean now that they've done the road and trial and error they can't turn back and say actually we got this far but implementing this from the beginning is going to make the guys shoot further than we ever got yeah, yeah. so good news in my opinion some like who Neil Siri must be close to 65 as well now at close retirement age. He could be yeah, stuck in there, I'm sure. Could he, he will definitely hang in there. There is one guy, though, that will probably not be consulted on it more than anyone. He's still young. He's still active. And he is fighting next weekend, Sean. Joseph Duffy returns yes. to action. UFC Fight Week. He's fighting Thursday the 7th of July, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the venue is. It is, in, is it in the it's Cosmopolitan again? No, it's in the MGM Grand, I believe. It's in the MGM Grand. <laughs> Yeah, because the other one is in um, uh, yeah, it's in the MGM Grand. The other one is the in the T-Mobile. Is in the T-Mobile, yeah. So the other two are in the MGM Grand. There, okay. As as know. So on that, I hope that they yeah. scale back the MGM. Well, then again, International Fight Week, there could be a lot of people around. But the the venues last year, like the Cosmopolitan, when they did those, they were absolutely sweet. The Helix on steroids is what it was. Serious atmosphere, very good intensity. Joseph Duffy's back in action since his loss against Dustin Poirier. He's facing Mitch Clark next uh, Thursday. Sean, for the people out there who have absolutely no clue what what or who Mitch Clark even is, talk us through it. Yeah, uh, Mitch Clark is one of those guys. He is, you know, when they when they give you the the, the game for the, like the start of uh, SmackDown or uh, the UFC game or stuff, they have like that character, the base character. And like a you creative your, fighter, you make yourself out of him. Yeah, Maven. Kind of, He's Maven. <laughs> That's kind of Mitch Clark, yeah. But as I said, we're talking about this fight just so everyone knows. We're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about last week, next week with the three events and all. So we said we'd give Joseph Duffy this platform, obviously the only Irish MMA fighter uh, fighting next week. So we said we'd give him a bit of extra time this week. But yeah, Mitch Clark, he's good everywhere. You know, he's one of those guys that came up, you know, he didn't really specialize, I don't think, in anything when he was coming up. He was one of those guys who started MMA early as a kind of a younger guy. Um even though like he's 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 thirty now, but he's been doing it you know upwards of ten years, um, and he's good. He came into the UFC in nine and all, lost a couple of fights, won a couple of fights, beat John McGuire and and Ali Quinta, two very good wins there. I lost to Michael Gaston, I lost him out, but he you know as I say, he's good wrestler, good good striker, not the best striker in the world. Um, can can put together some nice shots at times. Has a you know his jab wouldn't be the best, but he is a good kind of overhand right at times. Uh, very good underground with submissions and stuff. Although he's not the best at taking you down and holding on. Like he's a good wrestler, but he, I wouldn't say he's a great wrestler. So I think that kind of stands up well for Joseph. We know we know Duffy at this stage, slick hands, very good submissions. Uh, he lost the party last time out. And that was best of a kind of a lot of pressure and hard wrestling and Poirier putting the pace on him. Now, Clark is that sort of fighter as well. He is a Poirier type of fighter who will put the pressure on, who will get close to you and wrestle you. But he's just not as good. I think he's maybe a couple of levels below Dustin Poirier. Um, so this is a good, another good test, I think, for Joseph Duffy to see where his game is at the moment. Poirier light. 
Correa likes. He's like nanny to Ronaldo. Oh, ex- or charisma. Yeah, I like a bit of charisma though. Charisma's not terrible like nanny. YouTube highlight star. Let me let me ask one thing though. Is this the sort of thing Sean Shelby or uh, Joe Silva, who's matching the 155 division, he gets on to Farras or his agent, got these guys for Duffy. Um, you see that the way that TriStar work, if something goes wrong, they're going to go work on it. Farras, probably one of the best minds in the game, would be able to now effectively change how Joseph Duffy would. That wouldn't happen to him again, like what happened against Dustin Parry. Does he get the list of matchups? He sees Mitch Clark as a guy who, as you said, is maybe a level or two below Parry, and he says, okay, since this went wrong for us the last time and since we were caught out this way this is how we're going to improve this time and we're going to take the exact same style of fight again and show how much Joseph has worked on the stuff yeah maybe like I remember uh, just you, as you talk about Farah Sahabi I think Patrick Oyman did a great uh, article on him a couple of years ago and he was talking about it on his podcast back then about how when a new fighter comes into Farah Sahabi's gym he even even if it was like say if Conor McGregor went in there today now he'd kind of break down his game and kind of start from a new and build him up to what he thinks he'd be good at uh, or maybe maybe Conor McGregor well. a bit more but yeah exactly he did things like that like he probably did that with Joseph Duffy like when Duffy went to him he was still very new back to MMA you know he'd been in boxing for uh, for seven I think it was seven fights and he a couple of years um, so that, yeah exactly that's that's what. Um, Ferras does so Duffy when he was into that Paria fight he's still building up to what he is as a fighter and you know to what he's going to be like Duffy Duffy's not the finished article at all as I said like he's how, how long is he back to to him uh, 2014 he's only really two years under two back, years before you know, he fights pro. yeah and he's only like 28 years of age like he doesn't have that much wear and tear in him you know he did, he did a lot of fights obviously before he, he went over to boxing and stuff but you know, I, this is a good fight for him. I, I like that. I think, really think he'll win this fight, and I, he definitely he still is a prospect for top ten, top five in that division. Uh, I think, to be honest, like Paria is Paria maybe in this country more than America. Maybe is kind of looked at lesser than he should be because of that McGregor fight, obviously, uh, where he got knocked out. That's kind of what people see him as. But he's a lot better of a fighter than that. I think Paria is a very good fighter, and there's definitely no shame in that last. So, you know, just Duffy, as I say, still improving. This is a good one to show those improvements, and uh, I think better better opponents are ahead again. Best case scenario here for Joseph Duffy. So we have spoke about a UFC Belfast card maybe happening later on in this year. That would break it. That yeah, well, that does <laughs> seem to be. A, let's say if there was any European date that could take. <coughs> oh my God! Sorry. <clears throat> if there was, will I pause that? No, it's okay. No, it's okay. If there was any uh, UFC card, people have just spilled tea everywhere after that, Sean. I'm sorry, <laughs> just a howl. If there was anything that could take away the UFC from coming to Ireland one more time this year, it would be if Michael Bisbing fought in Old Trafford. Okay, so let's just put that out there as a theoretical object. It may happen, it may not. But Joseph Duffy wins very impressively. The UFC comes back to Belfast. He was originally scheduled to headline UFC Dublin. Is Joseph Duffy going to be there, thereabouts, co-main event, top three in the card? UFC Belfast seems like a logical choice, especially how close it would be for the folks of Donegal. Good shout, yeah. Definitely could be if if they go to Belfast um, before the end of the year. Yeah, more than likely. It's a pity Norman Park is, is gone, isn't it? That that rematch is, would still be a good one to make, I think. Or, Who knows? If know, Norman, like, could be back. it could be yeah. a best-case scenario for Norman. Duffy fights somewhere else later on in the year. Who cares? It could be anywhere. For him, he just wants to fight. 
and Norman I think is scheduled for three fights this year already if Norman can get three or four wins in the bounce what's stopping the UFC from picking him back up for a um, for a fight against Joseph Duffy in Belfast yeah definitely who knows what um, what other people are also looking at Norman Park maybe he gets one or two wins together and he could be signed by the organisation that fought that had a fight just this weekend Sean by Bellator yeah there's some good Bellator fights on over the weekend uh, I caught him for Saturday morning after sleeping through it um, just qu- three quick fights. We, we'll just mention them quickly. Um, Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler got a huge uh, knockout of Patricky Pitbull with a big overhand right. Um, yeah. the, the thing about Michael Chandler winning this is a bit shitty for Bellator because you want Bellator to be looking as kind of the the, the place that's signing James Gallagher and uh, Pico and has Michael Vinn and Page coming up. You know, these young guys coming through, these real good guys. And then you have Michael Chandler, who lost to Will Brooks twice, and you know Eddie Alvarez. Well, Eddie Alvarez beat him last time, I think, in the end. Like he's the kind of guy you maybe want him to be moving away from, maybe more than anything. Like I, I was thinking about it. Like Eddie Alvarez is kind of like the John Cena in WWE to Bellator. He's kind of you know the company guy, and you know they like to have him there. He's you know he's a great talker and everything. But on a sporting point of view, you know. It, It'd be not, I think they, it'd be nice for them if they had someone like Will Brooks in there. Obviously, he's On gone. On fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but taking off from Michael Chandler, it's, it's just a bit weird. But take nothing away from him. He looked, he looked fantastic before knockout. It was, obviously, it didn't go very long, but it was a big knockout. Um, Rampage Jackson as well fought. Uh, no, Shitoshi no, but he was, he was drinking beer and playing video games, Sean. That's honestly, oh, he, he is back. He, he can yeah. be back if he wants to be back. Oh, Rampage, oh, yeah. God, he looked terrible. Just awful. Just terrible. Terrible. I thought he lost. I thought Satoshi Ishii beat him the first two rounds. And Rampage obviously won the third. But the second round was close, in fairness. When they called out 30-27, I was like, okay, this has to be Ishii. You know? I got the third round to be a joke to give to Ishii as well. But the first round was just completely him. Like So, I don't know. It's just awful decision awful rampage as I said more so than the decision doesn't really matter because you know those two guys aren't really going anywhere anyway at this stage of their career but rampage uh, yeah, he said he hasn't trained ring rust was an issue I give him the benefit of the doubt on that but he's never looked as bad like for a fighter not too long ago who was challenging John Jones and thinking okay you know, if he lands his big left hook on John Jones he, that power he's the champ again yeah that power could, could send John Jones uh, you know back down to fighting shit lads uh, <laughs> I was going to say someone there but no I'll leave it but um, yeah he it's just he, he got he's old and he's not what he used to be um, and uh, you know I don't know. I'd say it's a motivation thing as well. I don't think he's actually as bad or as old as he looked on Saturday and on Friday night. But Bukum versus Fedor, Rampage versus Fedor at heavyweight. He just beat Maldonado, so there you go. They both they're both coming off a of wins over Maldonado. Well, he was. But yeah, that could happen. I'd watch it. I always wanted to see him fight Mark Hunt, but no, Mark Hunt would absolutely destroy him. I'd say. Speaking so, just yeah. very quickly on Mark Hunt. If you're logged into the Severe MMA podcast, Performance MMA just tweeted, I don't want to say it's the official UFC 200 poster. I absolutely hope it is. Please look at it. It's, uh, it's Cormier versus Jones 2, Lesnar versus Hunt, Tate versus Nunes, Aldo versus Edgar 2. All of the guys are standing kind of facing each other as if a GoPro was put at their feet and they're all in a circle. So at the top of the card, you have Aldo at Edgar. Then you've got... Uh, 
Tate and Nunez, Brock at Mark Hunt. Whereabouts did this end it? Uh, performance MMA tweeted it at Performance MMA on Twitter. We follow them off the podcast account. They follow us. While you're looking for that up, it looks absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, that's not the official one. Is it not? Well, that should be the official. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That is brilliant. We'll, uh, uh, look, I'll retweet it right now. Mm. So people that are uh, heading over to the Severe MMA podcast Twitter page, at Severe MMA pod, you will see what, in my opinion, is probably the best fan-made poster I've seen in a long time. That speaking, is of, speaking of Twitter, what about the two of us going around with fucking blue ticks? Oh. Your ego's been out of control, Me? Sean. Me? What are you talking about? You, sure, like, in fairness, it was Graham. Trying to like get severe yeah, MMA verified for a long time. Yeah, yeah. It definitely wasn't uh, definitely wasn't us trying to get ourselves no, verified. Hundred percent not. Don't even think about questioning that. No, no. Um, so yeah, got the blue text. Have you got a lot of new followers? Spam followers. I have, yeah. It's I lo- so annoying. I got a lot of people who followed me hoping I'd you'd say, follow them to back veri- to get verified themselves, and maybe I could tell them how to do it. Oh really? I think that. Yeah, I think that like because a lot of them are like seventy-five thousand followers. And like not verified. Like, yeah, oh, rush yeah. hair and beauty. Forty-one thousand yeah, followers yeah. with only eight thousand following. Like, yeah, just absolutely. loads of mad verified accounts that obviously employ spam Twitter accounts, yeah. uh, spam Twitter bots and stuff like that to follow and unfollow people. But sure, look, real <laughs> recognize real. You know, <laughs> thank you, Twitter. We deserve this. Like, oh, stop! I am. Um, we to a new level. Anytime, anytime anybody ever says anything to me. Now, I'm just going to send them a, a screenshot of Andrew McGahan with a blue tick beside it. Yeah, me too. Just, uh, like, la- just the last thing about Bellator there before we get on. Um, Matt Mitrion has got a big knockout over some dude who I'd never heard of, but almost but, got knocked out himself. Yeah. Barely, barely survived. And John McCarthy, um, John McCarthy let it go. But he's fighting, uh, is it Ollie Thompson? In, in uh, London on the in 16th. The yeah. yeah. I'm not okay with that. A little bit of concussion there fighting four weeks later. Uh, maybe that shouldn't happen. That's a man who's now tasting the good money of free agency, Sean, and he wants to yeah. get back in there as quick as possible. Exactly. And uh, just a word as well. And was it this week James Gallagher was announced he's fighting Mike Cutting in Bellator as well? Obviously, one of the biggest prospects in Irish MMA to... to uh, to debut on a big card in a long time. I think we actually spoke about it last week. So, but we'll definitely be speaking about James as well a lot uh, more as it comes up to the car. But you interviewed him this week. Yes, preparations going well and stuff. I was just thinking with next week, uh, with the two hundred week and me being away, and the McGregor and Diaz press conference, it'd be rude not to do a video podcast in yeah. Vegas after Conor McGregor news. I fucking talking balls, boys, on as well. The band back together. Usually be in uh, sunny Dublin. Well, not you. Sunny Ireland, we'll say. Uh, how dare you? Um, yeah. I will be in the dimly room of Hooters. 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 And uh, definitely, yeah, so we'll definitely be talking about that a lot, especially the James fight. He was in good spirits, I have to say. There's something a little bit different about him, maybe a little bit more focused, a little bit more driven. You know, you always do dream of these things happen. Fighters dream of this from maybe their first uh, first fight. Like, this is where eventually I want to go. And maybe when it actually happens, when it presents itself and becomes a reality to you, then things change. Do you know what I mean? You you realize that you're actually this close, or that like um, or that this could become a realistic opportunity for you. Then the intensity goes up a gear. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. He was telling me um, got onto these guys that are uh, sponsoring his strength and conditioning, and um, like 
checking his heart rate in the morning when he wakes up he mentioned it all in the interview some interesting stuff about the level of prep that's going into his camp outside of the, outside of the place but from what I'm talking to guys I know Dave did a lot of training down in SVG ahead of the IMFs as well shout out to our very own uh, Dave Fogarty who's competing at the IMMF Amateur World Championships in Las Vegas next week representing Ireland Dave best of luck to everyone or yeah. everyone from the podcast uh, the listeners included wish you the best of luck he said that it's like some people will spar an SVG from one to two, others from two to three because of weight difference, because of the mat space. Do you know what I mean? So just to get as good training with guys your own size, your own body type that work well for you, James isn't having to worry maybe about being thrown in with a six foot four um, middleweight. Do you know what I mean? Or welterweight and having to spar around that. They've got such amount of people down there now that they're able to tailor the training specifically to size and ability as well. So that's, that's a massive thing. I believe for um for James getting ready for this fight. He's on that goofy shirt money as well, I see, you know. The what? Go on, go on. He's on that goofy shirt money. Oh, that was a lovely oh, shirt. You don't, you it looked Tommy to hold off. Fuck no, I'm not sorry. It it did look like uh it was it was exotic. Okay, I know Lee Hammond <laughs> is gonna uh, take a Snapchat video of saying the word exotic in my accent or whatever. But we'll deal with that when we come to it. Um not my taste. I was happy in my scrambled severe MMA t shirt. Nice and fairness now. It it's looking nice. well on the camera. Yeah, it was. Just another couple more words on the IMMFs. Um, who's going over there from Ireland? So it's Dave, Kiefer Crosby, and Keen Cowley, is it? Are they the only three going? Or is there more? Kiefer's pro, so he's there. Uh, Team Rhino have seven oh, guys yeah, going. About that. So we, yeah. I, will, I will compile the full list of fighters north and south, and we can talk about who's all going from next week because the fights will start on the Tuesday. But I think Team Rhino have seven guys going. Eric Nolan in particular is, would be the standout that you'd be looking to watch. I think Jack Sheridan may be going too. Eric Nolan had a very good win against Lee Hammond at the last battle zone um, in a very, very enjoyable fight. So I think that uh, he is definitely one to watch. From the north side of things, I think Liam McCourt is Ireland's, um, well, the island of Ireland's best chance in terms of getting a medal. Um, she already got gold at the European Championships. She was going to do the 70 kilo division. Only one person registered for it. So she's going to drop down and do 66. Guaranteed more fights. Guaranteed maybe someone not missing weight. And then you get a default gold. All that money, all that training just for nothing. So she's going to have a few fights at 66. Ross McCarston as well from Next Gen Northern Ireland is heading over. He is definitely one, I think. He got silver, I believe, at the European Championships uh, back in November. Um, outside of that as well uh, closer to my own heart Paddy McGee Marcin Zambella and Mickey Pereira all from Team Torres and Yuri are heading over um, Paddy McGee is someone you will like a lot Sean I don't r- r- know if you recall I didn't post an interview after Clan Wars one time because he um, decided to take a liberty and say her right in the remember that yeah yeah so he said he that, that said that in the interview and I didn't post ah, it because he ruined it sick. on me so uh, and just to annoy him so there was that too he's a, a very 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 exciting flyweight prospect um, and he had some issues that he had to sort medically before he was able to come back and fight they've all been cleared now and um, so he got rid of the got rid of the rash so that, that's uh, <laughs> that's all set that's in so place pretty. now Marching and Mickey they've been grinding in the gym every single day training twice a day they're I'm very happy now that it's come about that I'll be able to be there to be able to see it and cover as much of the amateur championships as possible. But a more detailed breakdown as such names, people to look out for what we're going to be talking about 
will come on the IMMAF front next week. One last yeah. thing, Sean, yeah. before last we get on to as well. But yeah, exactly. Before we get on yeah. to questions, the man who paved the way for these amateurs to give them a little bit of belief this year that they can go and do the same thing. Franz Malambo was in action at the weekend. I don't want to say that that win on Franz's record is directly down to Andrew McGahan's interview with Franz on Severe MMA, but let's be honest, that win is directly down to the interview from Severe MMA. Franz was having it um, hard to get matched. I am joking about that, by the way. Like, you're not. You're dead fucking serious. What I'm not mean? because the the work that he's done in the gym is what got him the win. No, but yeah. we we facilitated the matchmaking oh, process. We set up a set up an interview with Franz, finding it hard to get matched over here. He uh, ended up getting onto the Made for the Cage show against a guy that Steve said in the interview with Franz, a good prospect in the UK. I think he was three zero and one. A couple of submission wins. Submissions have been Franz's downfall in the past, but as a man who's seen the fight, John. Was it just me, or some of Franz dipping, ducking, diving, dodging, getting away from strikes, very reminiscent of Dominic Cruz? I wouldn't... I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that he's Dominic Cruz level in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying there was times Franz was loose on his feet. He was coming and landing a strike. And then, do you know the way Dominic Cruz will just drop his head and his body down yeah. and then to get himself back out and step out? Franz was using a lot of that, I thought. It was nice to see. It was, it was a nice stand-up display. I'll give him that. Yeah, someone asked a question actually, and maybe we'll get to that. But I was trying to think who he looked like, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't really think of anyone. Like he looks, he looks very, very slick in his, his hands. You know, he's so tall and stuff as well. Fighters are not, you know, there aren't many fighters like that. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say this now, but maybe he's like a, a kind of a cross between Wonderboy and Rory McDonald. In like, okay, he didn't throw the big kicks. He wasn't a karate kind of stance, but he was on the outside. But he was in a very kind of, you know, he had his hands up kind of a way. And he, you know, he was very slick coming in and out. Like, you know, he took like bits from each one of them. But he looked, you know, he looked so slick. He said in the interview with Steve that he's still a bit, little bit wary, you know, about getting taken down and, and his ground game and stuff. And obviously he's Just cartwheel over them. <laughs> yeah. Improving a lot, but he—it didn't look that way, and he, you know, from from the way he fought, he looked so. His hands looked so sick. Like I couldn't get over it at um, um, it was a, he fought at Bama. Yeah, he did fight at Bama. Yeah, that, that fight I was there live to see that. Like himself and and Dylan too, just looked so slick. It's you know, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, he's there's just lightning in his hands as well. Like you could tell every time he was hitting him, he was hurting him, and he wasn't hitting him that much because of the way he was kind of. He was setting him up very quick. You know, the output wasn't huge, but when he was hitting him, he was hitting him. He was counting. Um, He's a guy that yeah. will wear you down with those strikes. Like. Exactly, yeah. And, when, you know, when he got in there and he got an opportunity to finish, he, he took it very quickly and there was no messing about. Exactly. And uh, just to finish, I say on his hands maybe and just how he was able to finish the fight, he has a very good killer instinct. Do you know, yeah. he knows when a guy's hurt from this. Like, like you're saying, he can strike and get out and then he knows that he's putting damage on but when he does land the shot that makes a guy maybe wobble or second guess himself or Franz sees his eyes go a little bit that's when he pounces do you know what I mean such alertness like it effectively was a cartwheel over the guy's takedown it was absolutely beautiful landed in a position that you thought oh a submission guy at a pro rule set this could cause a bit of trouble it was a little bit of a half guard position where the guy had a leg coming up as if he was going to start reaping and look for a look for a heel hook of some sort you can tell leg lock was in this guy's head but when Franz was there he was just so calm so precise the strikes mattered you know it's not like okay I need to land quick ground and pound it's like he almost took a second to chill think like okay I'm going to be able to land this strike and he punched himself through the mount 
Do you know what I mean? He was able, with the strikes, the guy was like, right, forget about this. I'm done. I'm not getting it. And then Franz was able to pass to the mount. Thought it was a very clinical performance, especially for a guy to show good alertness on the ground. For where it has been a massive factor in his past. Do you know what I mean? At amateur levels, I've seen Franz get submitted a couple of times, I believe, in amateur fights. Um, I can remember once from a guillotine in particular. But... Do you know, it was, uh, first of all, someone needs to buy him a new pair of shorts because he's had them shorts for years. <laughs> Second of all, fair play to him on the religion thing. Do you know what I mean? He, that's, that's his buzz. That's cool. He's, he can think what he wants. He can choose what he wants. But it is going to become an iconic thing in mixed martial arts and particularly in Irish mixed martial arts when you have this really chill guy who's a completely down-to-earth guy, very well-spoken, very friendly, very warm, very welcoming. You put him into the cage and he's an absolute savage and then he gets down and prays after he knocks them out. Yeah. I'm looking through the UFC rankings here. Do you know who he reminded me of a bit? Alexander Gustafsson. That's who he's like on the feed. Good shout. Yeah. We'll take that. He, this, this crop of new Irish pros are very exciting, aren't they? Oh, Just, no, completely. Jesus. And especially, yeah. like... Um, we did get a question about Dylan Took, um, which we I suppose we can use this as a segue into yes. our questions. Dylan Took is matched to headline Shinobi Fighting Championships in Liverpool, I think on the 30th of July, somewhere at the end of July. And um, he's fighting Adam Ventra, who's a teammate of Paddy Pimblett, the next generation in Liverpool. Um, I believe Adam also looked for the James Gallagher fight on Bellator and wasn't getting it. I think they went with cutting instead. But... What do you make of this? Do you like? Is this a case of guys on social media? Like, in my opinion, um, Dylan is still a fair bit away in terms of his his name to be able to get a fight with Paddy Pimblett. I'm not saying that he wouldn't be able to give him a good match. Do you know? Because we don't really know. We haven't seen really enough of Dylan as a pro yet. Um, but like, Pimblett is a winner or two away from the UFC. Do you know? So that's I think that's Dylan trying to maybe rile him up a little bit by slagging him online. See, there's there's a very weird thing in MMA because there's levels of how good you are and then there's levels of experience. So, like, Paddy Pimler, I think, is very good and I think Dylan Tuke is very good and, you know, Dylan Tuke is still obviously very new. In in a not-too-long future, I think that would be an unbelievable fight. And even at the moment, I think it would be a good fight. But Dylan Tuke, what, he's only, like, two or three fights in, is he? Paddy Pimblett is, as you say, two or three fights, but not even that. He's, I think he's ready for the UFC now. So, like, he's better off not just, you know, it's grand to talk on, on things on um, social media and stuff, but he'd be better off not probably taking that fight at the moment, you know, for the, you know, the future. That's a fight for down the road, I think. But, yeah, like, whether, you know, these SPG boys and even the Team Rhino guys, Irish MMA is just hot at the moment. Like, and, you know, for a guy coming over, Dylan Tuke is a bit of a name, Obviously, James Gallagher is a name. Franz Malambo is getting a name as well. There's, you know, there's a lot of guys. Reese McKee as well. These guys are going to be put on these smaller cards, headlining and stuff. And they're going, you know, these guys have fought in Bama. People, people know them. Like, so I, I think that's natural. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it, it prepares you for the future as well. You know, Conor McGregor fought and headlined cards before he got to the UFC and everyone else as well did as well. So there's, you know, there's no harm in that. I think. Um, you know, it's all, it's all looking good for those kind of guys at the moment. So there you go. John Harker's question for the record was, is the Took Pimblet beef the best Twitter fight so far? Mushroom insults be- oh, mushroom. and comparing social media followers are my that, personal highlights. It was funny, like, I wouldn't be the biggest fans, fan of uh, these social media beefs and stuff, but that was, when he came out, when he called him a mushroom, that was just so... 
I just couldn't get over that. It was hilarious. But yeah, it was, it was a bit petty. Like, it, was, it was funny. Like, I don't think anyone took it serious, too seriously. But uh, just before you get on to the rest of the questions, these questions are brought to you by our friends at rosnutrition.com where you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code Severe May. You know, what they have, Andrew told you at the start of the podcast, they have all stuff like protein, vitamins, BCAAs, uh, all that sort of good stuff to make you more healthy. ROSnutrition.com, promo codes of your uh, Andrew, more questions. As always, Sean, just as very, because people are starting to, um, because I started replying back and starting letting people know the wheels are now in motion, we also just need to thank uh, ScrambleStuff.com for no gi, for gi jiu-jitsu training gear. Head on over to ScrambleStuff.com. They've produced the Severe MMA t-shirts. They are sweet as you can uh, send us as I said last week getting back to them today getting back to them yesterday send over a message to the Severe May podcast uh, Twitter page if you are a Severe May listener you want one of these shirts we're going to be able to uh, we've agreed on a price we've agreed on a shipping uh, way to ship it we've agreed on a way to get the money it's all go from here on get your orders in now do you know what's weird Paddy Pimblett just tweeted about Scramble did he he's sponsored by Scramble Yeah. so there you go Mr. Podge, one Mr. Podge would like to know, is Dana's point about journalists reaching out to the UFC mute after Ariel had already said they would have just said no comment anyway? For those that don't know, since we recorded last week, Dana White went on a podcast that's been launched on the UFC Network with Matt Serra and... Jim Norton. Jim Norton. And he um, made a couple of comments about Ariel Helwani. He said he had a pity party for himself, tried to make light of the fact, like make a joke at the, at the fact that Ariel was crying, which I, that didn't sit well with me in the absolute slightest, but for another day. Um, what, like, Ariel's completely right. They would have just said no comment. Yeah, I think Luke Thomas made a great point about this, is that if you want to hear someone talk about journalism, you don't go to the person who the journalism is taking place on. If you know what I mean, like if some, you know, people, journalists are there because they write things that maybe people don't want written about them or don't want said about them or, you know, they don't want things getting out. Like Dana White doesn't know anything. What does Dana White know about journalism, really? He's not a journalist. He's looking at from the other side of it. That So, like, Dana White has his opinion. That's fair enough. He can, he can keep his opinion, but his opinion means nothing to, it should mean nothing to you when you're looking at it from a journalistic point of view of what a journalist is allowed to do or what a journalist is allowed to say. Ariel did not have to go to him for a, for a quote. Why would he go to him for a quote? His sources said that the fight was happening. His sources turned out to be correct. He did absolutely nothing wrong. He, did, he was dead right. Dana White just created terrible PR for himself because he made a stupid decision. He, and now he's, he's crying about it himself, so he needs to fucking get over it. Excellent. The Ireland team have arrived home at Dublin Airport, Sean. Have that fair play? I them. just saw that there. Also, as a note, um, a next question from uh, Snapchat. Shane Heffernan wants to know, has Sean Sheehan gotten any Euro 2016 predictions right on his Snapchat? I, I got about, you know I got one right. I got the Ireland one right. Remember the 3-0 Belgium? Yeah. I got 3-0 Germany right there yesterday. So, two? I, got, I think I got three or four. But I've got, on there, most of my predictions say like, Okay, I'd have said okay, France would win four 0 and then France would win one 0 and okay, I got that right. So I got I got most of the results right, but the score lines I haven't gotten right. Only three or four. Excellent. Um, so you're bad at them. Farrell Connolly wants to know which current UFC fighter would you like to see in the WWE, excluding McGregor. Um. You need someone who's like 
Paige Van Zant is going to be the next one in anyway. Mm. You need someone who's like from the back arse and over in in uh, America, like Michael Chiesa. He could be in the uh, he could be in the uh, the Wyatt family. A Wyatt cousin. Yeah. Good shout. I'll take that. One Mr. Podge had a follow-up as well. Even though he gives us loads and loads of questions, we are pressed this week. Can we expect more UFC cards in China now? Will UFC headquarters move? And will the production styles be more like Pride? Can I just say, I want the Titantron. I want Burt Watson back. I want Stitch Duran back. I want all the good stuff back. I want Flames. I want Pyro. I want the guys being walked out onto the stage beforehand. I want all of this. Uh, yeah, you get none of that because Dana White's going to still be there, apparently. Um, oh, excellent! Next question. Yeah. There more. Um, there will be probably more shows. They'll probably help him get into mainland China, but everything else not. They, you won't have Pride style shit. You Stitch won't be back, and who else? Burt Watson won't be back now. Oh. Although Burt Watson could, because they. I think they started talking again and stuff, but I doubt it. Stitch definitely won't anyway. Excellent. Uh, Nate at Nate Guldia. Wants to know, do you think the potential new owners will add any more weight classes? And if so, what ones would you like to see added? I've also sent you a question on Skype for proofing as well. Yeah. So, we'll get to that after. Uh, 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 I want uh, light welterweight division and none other. None other. Light welterweight and yeah. the women's two one two five. No. No? No need for it. Ah. Unfortunate. Um, Conor McGregor has added world-class fighters to a camp, i.e. Dennis. And is it Hageman or Hagman? I'm not too sure how to say it. Hangman. We'll just call hangman, him Hangman. The Hangman. How beneficial will this be? That's from Karen O'Flynn too. I'm always down for people bringing in uh, body types and, you know, people like Rory McDonald brought in Remy Daniels and MVP to mimic Wonderboy. It'll go to did him. But most, you know, for most he people... He said I think smugly. It, it, it helps a little bit but yeah that's intelligent I, I think that's very good and I think that's something I think a lot of people do and I think probably McGregor should do a little bit more of which he said himself excellent uh, the one that I was just going through there I skipped over it sorry Brigadine Barber says I love you guys even more thanks so much for the shout out to Mash Beard last week uh, wish the happy Father's Day another amazing podcast you're very mm-hmm. welcome Sean Sheen also does uh, pre-recorded video messages for loved ones and fans and, uh, and friends and family. <laughs> yeah, similar to what Kurt Angle's doing these days. How do you know that? Have, uh, wait. <laughs> oh, I mean, who told you? <laughs> no, no, but that's, that's so weird. Because when I was waiting for you, I, <laughs> I sent Pizzi a Skype message <laughs> saying like, hello, Pizzi, how are you? I hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Oh, there you go. That's so weird. Yeah, so I actually do do that. Like, wonderful. David Nutty wants to know, is the man cave more suited to football or MMA? It's more suited to MMA because uh, I'm, we're doing it this week, but I'm bringing in the HDMI lead, but I have Ooh. to fucking dig a big wall. So I don't really have, I've only like shitty streamed football, but I have a, a UFC fight pass out there so I can match loads of fights out there. So, so it's, better better for, it's better for fights at the moment. At the moment. Who is your all-time most disliked MMA fighter? From There's Only 121, Keen O'Connell, who's back on the podcast questions list after being exiled last week by Sean Sheehan's vicious liking style. Colby Covington. Any other reason? Just illogical? Yeah, just because he said he'd bury the Irish like the English did. Oh, okay. Fair play to him. Yeah. Uh, Also, whose style I don't like, Elias Teodoro. I hate his style. Yeah, you were going mad about that last yeah. week, actually. Oh, God, he's awful. Every time... Very uh, every handsome, time though. He fights, 
He's a handsome man with nice hair, but his style is just awful. And obviously, Pat Harris as well, breaking lads up. Excellent. Stephen O wants to know, with the new owners, do you think the Reebok deal will be scrapped? I'll take this one. It can't be scrapped because there's a contract signed. However, yeah. maybe if they do continue with Reebok after the renegotiation period, i.e. we're five or six years into the contract, are we going to keep doing this, boys? I would say that it could revert back or maybe a bigger brand come in. Um, a bigger name brand. Who knows? Um, a couple of questions that we can keep for the next week. If Patrick Sheehan, your, your own brother, sends questions again. Who's he? Never heard of him. Who's he? Never heard of him. No spoilers, please. If McGregor wins convincingly with the KO, who is next? Lawler or Woodley? Dos Anjos, GSP, Nate again? Edgar or Aldo? Mm-hmm. I'd say... Uh Eddie Alvarez. Because he's going to beat the Sanios. I have a feeling. It's in your waters, is it? <laughs> we'll, maybe we'll discuss that more next week, but that's. There's, uh, it's a very. Um, I think he's going to win too. I said mm, that a few weeks yeah, ago, and you jumped down my throat, actually, I believe, for it. Yeah, maybe, but I've thought about it more, and it's. Uh, it's not an easy topic to talk about how, why I think he'll win that oh, fight. Okay. But, Let's uh, let's keep that for next week. Oh, tune in next week, folks. There you mm. go. Uh, <laughs> BMC, I know where you're going. I know where you're going because we got a question relating to it. Uh, BMC Dublin wants to know, with five, five, five fights confirmed for UFC 203 and only one for UFC 202, thoughts on how stacked 202 will be or not and a possible co-main event for it? Yeah, I think you called this one right. Like they put... CM Punk on the UFC 203 card even though he said on Twitter that he asked to be on the McGregor card so yeah I, I think this could be one of those cards remember like John Jones did, had a lot of cards with just him as like the main event and then shit yes. cards no one read it. that's why UFC 151 got cancelled yeah I have a feeling this could be one of them you have McGregor and and, um, and Diaz and then you have like Alan Berger versus <laughs> Ryan Bader versus OSP in the, the co-main event or something like that you know mm. Speaking mm-hmm. of John Jones, Ian Thornton MMA wants to know what are your thoughts on John Jones not wanting John McCarthy to ref his fight with Daniel Cormier? Ugh, I, mind games, I think it is. Mind, mind games. games. I don't know. Because Cormier asked for no Herb Dean or something, I think, because of the last time. I don't know. There you go. It's Robert, a matter of shit, really. Robert Palmentieri would like to know if you lads were buying the UFC, what's the one change, change you would each make? <laughs> I'd like to say fighter pay. I didn't increase it, but if I was running the business, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, more money for you. Yeah, um, say fighter pay. Okay, we are. You are pressed. We have just a couple to go. If you're good for that, yeah. A few more. Excellent. M. McLean had a good two-parter that we definitely had to get to. Number one, what's a spice bag? You didn't know that either, did you? Uh, not really. So, a spy. Different variations of it: a spice bag, a spicy bag, a spicy box, a spice yeah, box. Yeah, spicy boxes are right. Yeah. yeah, so it's the same thing. A spice bag in some places are just like a bag of chips size. So yeah. you get like a large bag of chips with the chips and the chicken and everything inside a bag of chips. And some places will do them in a little like a noodle box. So it's just right. a smaller portion of it. So it just okay. depends where you go. The place in Dundalk is now the best place has now stopped doing them. I went to get one last night. She's like, no, we don't do sure them anymore. Bastards. I look, I was going to leave only for Brexit. I blame Brexit. You, definitely because you can't source the chicken. That's what it is. Anyway, he also wants to know, apart from the pussy and the drugs, how has life changed since we got our blue text on Twitter? Not much. Well, Graham ringing me up. Pussy and the drugs were there before that, Eamon, so you know. (laughs) Graham ringing me up going, my God, Sean, I look at this blue tick every day and I'm just just so happy. It's, you know, it's one of the best things. You know, I I love 
this sort of thing, you know, it makes Severe may look so good, me having my blue tick. That's what Graham says to me every day. So I fair, heard. I, I'm happy for Graham, to be honest. I heard he wanted to crop the blue tick so small so that it was just a blue tick and he could put that as the Severe May profile picture. Mm. That's I heard like. He's going to actually delete Severe May so whenever someone had see the profile, they'd just see the blue tick. Ah, uh, good idea. Yeah. Sheehan's Tatoes wants to know which, what champions most and least likely to keep their titles after the FC 200 weekend I, I just I'm like two minutes out from but I'm kind of thinking will Alvarez actually lose <laughs> I don't know or actually win I don't know uh, I think that one's 50-50 I think Joanna will definitely beat Claudia I think Jones will definitely beat Carmia Aldo and Edgar not sure I think uh, Tate will beat Nunez, but I have to watch Tate on that first, so I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Is that it? Yeah, that's the only one. Uh, I don't know. I think Dosanios is the most likely to lose his title. Me too. Yeah. 100%. Two quick ones before we go. Alan Horn wants to know, do you lads think George St. Pierre would be calling out Luke Rockhold if he was still the champion? How can you be called the GOAT when you pick and choose who you want to fight? Ah, well, I don't know about that now, but... Yeah, he wouldn't be calling out Luke Rockhold if he was champion. No, especially, it kind of linked into another question we were asked about where we think we'll see GSP returning to because Lightweight was mentioned too. Mm. What do you think? He won't be, he won't fight a Lightweight. He's not going to come back a Lightweight. No? Unless it's McGregor, but no, he's not going to. If McGregor fought him, he'd fight him at uh, Welterweight, I think. Um, but, uh, I think he'd bite his thing. One, oh well, we did talk about it earlier on, Kevin Higgins, any update on the minister recognising the sport? Yes, I think they're in the, they are officially in the trialling phase now where the IMMAA will be trying, will be sanctioning any event that takes place in the south and they'll be going under that for the next three years in order to become the full represent, representative body of mixed martial arts in Ireland. To finish off, topical since Ireland crashed out of the Euros, since there's heartbreak, since there's despair, since people are probably listening to this podcast hungover from the day before. Um, who's a better chin, Shane Long or Neil Seary? Jeez, oh, Neil Seary. People are, people are so mean to Neil Seary. I woke up this morning and Graham had this tweet about it. You, you know, I, I said Iceland are like Neil Seary in my my article. He goes, why did you say that? Because Neil Seary is so small. Why are you so mean to poor Neil Seary? Like... He's a nice person. He's a gentleman. His yeah. Snapchat story is just him bullying his children. Yeah. So there's, there's that. <laughs> he's little lad is gaslight. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Like, <laughs> but he's uh, not, not a bad bone in his body. No. On that topic, I got asked to give a quick shout out as well. Yeah. Andy Ryan, 20 years married this weekend to his, uh, his wife, Claire. He was uh, saying, you better give, he said, you better give that a mention on your podcast this week. 20 years married. So there you go. I have a shout out as well. My niece's 12th birthday today. Happy birthday. Really? Cara. Excellent. Yeah. Cara, who features prominently in Sean Sheehan's Snapchats. You can add him on Snapchat. Sean Sheehan BA? Yeah. Excellent. I'm at Andrew McGahan on Snapchat as well. Probably not a lot of good stuff going there, but add us for the crack. We will give that. Uh, we do enjoy watching all your stories and then talking about them in the, in the fall. I was heartbroken yesterday, Sean. Why? Our favorite Snapchat stories to watch are... Uh, Shane Heffernan and uh, Neil are Dan Rich. They were on the drink yesterday. I yeah. thought they were getting the train. I thought they were coming to the right venue. I thought they were going to WCFC. Oh. They just went on the lash instead. <laughs> My favourite one was, you know, they were at the Mead Dublin game and uh, <laughs> Mead are sponsored by Taylor Park. And they were chatting like, fuck Taylor Park or something like that in the middle of the street. It was hilarious. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Excellent. I thought, no, sorry, Drogheda are called Hunky Dory Park. 
or were called Hunky Dory Park. Yeah, so there's a there's there. a bit of a bit of info for you. Anyway, yeah. it is time for us to make hay while the sun shines, as they say, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much, as always, for listening. Thank you very much for the support. We need to just apologise for the length. Internet outage. Andrew McGann sleeping used, in bed. You're used to doing that, aren't you? I am apps. Oh yeah, no. This is like as your as your Kanye West gift proved earlier on. <laughs> no, I don't. What? It wasn't That's Kanye West, was it? No, it was. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Yeah, it's okay. Keep going. No, why? <laughs> you're gonna. Your response will be based off how sincere this next sixty seconds is. Is it? No. No. Did you? You said. You said I want to apologize for the lint, and I guess you'd be used to doing that. Oh. <laughs> oh, go on, okay, go on, keep going. So, on top of that, <laughs> if if you want to continue on and Sean Sheehan's hilarious joke, there, we apologise for the premature nature of this podcast oh. because, uh, yeah, oh, you're used to that. This, this is a hard one to do, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, you've gone soft on us, Andrew. Uh, this, uh, either way, beautifully, probably the best way to be woken up in the morning every morning is with Sean Sheehan ringing you. But when you wake up uh, before your first alarm and then turn your phone on to silent, it's generally not the best thing to do. That's what happened this morning. Coupled with the fact a little bit of bad customer service for Net One in the Northeast. Use our sound lads, good, good speed internet. But literally, <laughs> the podcast had been recording 30 seconds and uh, no internet, so we were screwed with that. As always, a massive shout out to Niall McGrath, who is ready to save the day for us if needed be. The listen to our podcast as well. Talking listen balls to open. Talking Thursday. Balls out every Thursday. Niall McGrath and Pete Carroll, the second the second arm of the Severe May podcast team. Could you yeah. say that? We've morphed. We had a left arm because I'm left-handed. Are you left-handed? I am my fuck. Okay, so we How had... dare you? We had the brain. Now we have a torso. And we're building <laughs> to become a complete human being. We can build it. We Four have the dicks. technology. <laughs> Four, ten, no... The tripod of Severe <laughs> MMA podcasts. That's what we're going for. Either way, we had massive technical difficulties today. I had a panic attack. I had a breakdown. It seems to be back to normal now. You're going to notice, if you thought this podcast was slick, let episode 74 be the benchmark. Aside from ejaculation, erection jokes towards the end of the podcast that lowered the end of the tone, this is going to be... A smooth operation from now on, ladies and gentlemen. Recording times at every week, released at the same time every week. <laughs> well, with a give and take barrier of 15 minutes. That's the only thing that I ask. If I say half certain time, whatever an hour, you can guarantee it will be recorded by a quarter to the, <laughs> quarter to the top of that hour. It's <laughs> the next day, maybe. The ne- well, right, sure, look, we'll, we'll leave it there. It's going to get better. It's already better. But this is the, the, best, sc- like, the, don't, sky, don't the sky is the limit. Follow at Severe MMA Pod on Twitter. Follow Severe MMA, the verified Severe MMA account. The verified at Sean Sheehan BA and at the verified at Andrew McGann underscore. Just to put your mind at ease that those pesky parody accounts that were impersonating myself and Sean for so long, Mm -hmm. you now are able to filter through the multitude of them and be able to find the direct source for information. At Andrew McGann on Twitter probably has far too many followers for my liking. You know, people are just thinking. The majority of his tweets are saying, sorry, wrong guy. He's the John Jones of Irish MMA. 
do you know, at Sean Sheehan has started answering people's questions. Really? <laughs> yeah. Someone asked him a question about Brock Lesnar and he's like, I think the small guy will beat the shit out of him. He's too big or <laughs> something, something like that. Excellent. That's, that is absolutely yeah. brilliant. I'm a big fan of that. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate the support massively. A shorter one this week, but you're going to get bombarded with content next week. Until then. See you next Tuesday.